you of the Chelik Yud base, the Sicha for Shabbos HaGadol. You know, this Shabbos that's coming up is called the Shabbos HaGadol. And we'll actually see in the Sicha of the Rebbe, why is this called Shabbos HaGadol, the Great Shabbos? The Great Shabbos is because a great miracle take place, took place on this Shabbos. What was the great miracle? We'll read it inside. The Egyptian, Bechorim, they were told that they were going to die, and then they started to fight with their uh, other Egyptians to let the Jewish people go because they didn't want to die. And therefore, uh, this is considered to be a great miracle. Okay, that's the Shabbos HaGadol. The Rebbe is going to explain, really, what makes this such a, what makes this miracle special? I mean, really, it doesn't seem like it's such a special miracle. The Rebbe is going to give you a deep insight into here, also going to explain to you how this connects also with the Mises of Tzadikim, with the Mises of Miriam, with the Diamond Passing Miriam, as you see, where it's connected. And the Rebbe also connects it to the Parshas Tzav. That year that the Rebbe gave the Sicha, Shabbos HaGodl was the Parshas Tzav. So the Rebbe connects it also to the Parsha of Tzav. So, so first the Rebbe quotes from the uh, Shulchan Aruch, from the Alta Rebbe Shulchan Aruch, which is very interesting just to know the basic uh, reason uh, why we um, why we have the Chlal, what's the reason that we have uh, Shabbos HaGadol. So the Rebbe quotes over here like this, uh, from the words of the Shalom, that a lot of times it seems like the portion of the Torah that you're reading is not really connected to what happens in that Parsha. But the Shalom says that the Parshas of the Torah also are connected to the time of the year in which they're being read. So the Rebbe says in that year when the Parsha of Tzav many years is read in Shabbos HaGadol, so there must be a connection. So that's what the Rebbe is going to say. So first the Rebbe explains, now the Rebbe brings down the Shulchan Aruch, why we call the Shabbos before Pesach Shabbos HaGadol. He writes like this, the quoting from the Alta Rebbe, that the Shabbos that's before Pesach, we call it Shabbos HaGadol, the great Shabbos, because a great miracle took place in that Shabbos. Why? Because Pesach Mitzrayim, the carbon Pesach, normally the Pesach is brought on the 14th, all these generations, but the first time, the Abishtah told them that on the 10th of the month, they should take the sheep, and then, and they should inspect it. They should inspect the sheep on the 10th of the month. And then... To get it ready, make sure for four days there's no mum, and then 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, and the 14th, on the 15th day, on the 14th day in the afternoon, they shechted the Korban Pesach. What day was it then? What day was the 10th of the month when they were told to take the sheep? It was Shabbos. So what happens when the Jewish people took the Korban Pesach, they took the animals, they took the sheep on that Shabbos, so all the firstborn of the Egyptians gathered by the Yidden and they asked them, what are you doing this? Why are you tying the sheep to the beds? So they said to them, Zevach Pesach Hu Hashem, this is an offering of Pesach to Hashem. Hashem is going to kill all the firstborn of the Egyptians. So once they heard this, what did they do? So the Bechayim went to their fathers and to Badri, 
to ask them, go ahead and send the Jewish people out. What do you think they did that? They don't want to get killed, right? <laughs> but Paroi and their fathers did not agree. They didn't want to. But the Bukharis didn't want to die, so they made a war with them. And they killed many of the Egyptians were killed. That's why we say in the Davening, in Tehillim, we say in Shabbos, we say, Lemake Mitzrayim Bifchereim. He killed the Egyptians with their firstborn, which means they were fighting each other. What day of the week was it that all this took place? Huh? Anybody know? What day of the week was it? It was Shabbos. It was Shabbos. Which day of the month was it? On the 10th of Nisan, right? It was Shabbos. It all happened in that Shabbos when they took the sheep and the Bukharim gathered and they told them and then they went and made this war. This is a great miracle. So because of this miracle they set up that every Shabbos before Pesach going to remember this miracle. Why? And they called it Shabbos HaGadol. So why is it Shabbos HaGadol? Because it was a great nest, right? So why? But the question is, this is different than all the other holidays that we usually celebrate. We never celebrate by the day of the week that it happens. We usually celebrate on the day of the month. Why, the Alter Rebbe asked, did they not set it up on the 10th of the month? Why don't we celebrate this miracle 10th of the month? If it's Shabbos, if it's the weekday, just like all other holidays, like Pesach. When is Pesach set up, for example? 15th of the month of Nisan. Sometimes it's on Shabbos, sometimes it's on another day, it doesn't matter. It's always the 15th, so how come we didn't set it up? The tenth day of Nisan, we should remember the great miracle. Why did we set it up on the Shabbos that comes before Pesach? The Rebbe explains because on the tenth day of Nisan is the time that Miriam, Moshe Naran's sister, Miriam Hanavia, that she died. And because she died, they set up a fast day. fast day on her death, which is only when it comes out on the weekday. So on a weekday, they fast. So, but, so it turns out that the festivities and the uh, commemoration of the Nez Godel is hard to accomplish when a time when you're fasting. So how are they going to commemorate the great miracle? So therefore, they decided they instituted to make the celebration on the Shabbos that comes before Pesach, on the day of the week that comes before Pesach, just like then, on the Shabbos that came before Pesach when it took place. Uh, now it says, like it says in Simitov Kupay Ainsham, that for the Misa of Miriam, they set up a Tainis. All right. So it says, we need to understand. The Alter Rebbe writes that it was a big miracle because that way we understand why we call it Shabbos HaGadol. But 
what is, why was this such a great miracle? That's the, uh, that's the question. Why was it such a great miracle, number one? And also, in addition, what was the benefit that the Jewish people had from this great miracle that we're talking about? In other words, first of all, what's such a great miracle? And why was it the benefit? Because uh, the Jewish people had very little benefit from that what took place. So what happened? After many Egyptians were killed, still the Jewish people couldn't leave Mitzrayim. According to nature, they needed still the nays of Makaz Bechayres before they were going to let go. So, it turns out, not only was there no great benefit, there was really no benefit. What practical benefit was there from the fact that many Egyptians got killed? It doesn't seem like it benefited anybody. Because nothing happened. They didn't let them go. They couldn't leave. They needed the Makas Bechayres. So why did the Ebishter even Bechlal make such a miracle to killing the Bechayres when... It doesn't do anything. That's one question. Another question the asks, okay, so you're saying, here we have a little bit of a issue. What took place first? Um, what took place first? First was the nest of Maki Mitzrayim, and then the miracle of, and then the Mrs. Miriam, right? What, what took place first? Which one of the two? Of course, first take place the Makim Mitzrayim of Chorayim. Miriam died like 40 years later in the desert. 39 years later, 40 years later. In the desert, Miriam died, right? So it means that originally we're going to say that it was set up. Uh, the Chile was set up when? For the 10th of the month. And then later on, after Miriam passed away and they set up a fast day, they pushed it over to the shops. Right? I mean, one can say that maybe originally they hadn't set it up yet, they set it up later. So to begin with, they set it up after she died. But that, that's another. But the question really is. We know that um, they could, uh, a fast day has the power, um, especially those fast days that are mentioned in the Megillah's Tainus, which uh, Mrs. Miriam is mentioned over there, they can even override like on Rosh Chodesh to, there's a prohibition, not on a fast on Rosh Chodesh, Min Hadin, but yet if there is a reason, because there is a Tainus, so then, then it's okay, then you can push it over. So, in our case, uh, for sure, we understand that to remembering, we have the miracle of Maki Mitzrayim B'chareim, which is only a minhag. Uh, and therefore, we understand how the halachically, we understand how the death of Miriam, the Mrs. Miriam, and the fast that was instituted to commemorate her death on her, on her, on her passing, on the day of passing, 
we understand how that can push away the celebration or the remembrance of Mitzrayim because that's a minute. There's also a possibility, the Rebbe says it's not likely, but there's also a possibility that maybe to begin with they didn't have to push away, uh, maybe they never, uh, they never started to remember the nays until after Miriam's death. So they put it in Yom HaShabbos. It's a possibility too, it's unlikely, but it's not likely, but the Rebbe says that's a possibility too. But, so in other words, we understand why the fast of uh, Miriam for Miriam would override the commemoration of the Nez Godel. That we understand halachically. However, but in 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 idea, the pnimius inyonim and the inner things. So. How, why did it take place? Since we're saying that the miracle, remembering the miracle by itself, had not been because of, had Miriam not died in that day, say, the miracle really should be set up when? For the 10th of the month. Just like all Yom Tovs. All times when we remember, it's always set up by the end of the month. So how could it be that we're changing the remembrance of this particular miracle from all other festivals to totally push it away from one day and make it on another day make it on the Shabbos because something because of an outside something happened to happen then all of a sudden it lost its real really it's supposed to be on the 10th it's supposed to be every 10th of the Nitzvah it's supposed to be remembering uh, Miriam's death and the Makimit's time the Nezgadl and we pushed it away because something happened with this Especially, it happened 39 years later, all of a sudden we're pushing it away. The Rebbe wants to bring out that the fasting and Mrs. Miriam is not really something different. We didn't push it away from something different, but it actually, as the Rebbe will explain, everything that needs to be accomplished is accomplished in the day, and maybe even more. As the Rebbe will explain. Let's do it. It explains like this. Well, explanation is like this. There are many miracles that happened to the Jewish people throughout the generations. Those miracles, with and through those miracles, the Jewish people were saved from their enemies. As we say in Dagod, Every generation, there are people standing up to destroy us, and Hashem saves us from their hands. So, there are miracles that Hashem did a miracle to protect us. Not only did Hashem save us from their hands, in some miracles, we were able to kill many of our enemies. Like by the nace of Kriyas Yamsuf, the nace of Purim, the nace of Hanukkah, etc. So not only did the Abish to save the Yidden, but he punished, and the Yidin were able to take uh, exact punishment from their enemies. But what is the greatness of the miracle of Shabbos HaGadol? That wouldn't be a greatness. The fact that they killed some Egyptians, that wouldn't be such a greatness. The greatness of Shabbos HaGadol is 
that who was the one that killed? It was the Bechayre Mitzrayim. It was the firstborn, the ones that they killed. The Pasik emphasizes it. It doesn't say he killed the Mitzrayim, the Mitzrayim, the Mitzrayim were killing each other. He says he killed the Mitzrayim with the firstborn. What does this mean? What's the idea over here? That during the time of Golus Mitzrayim, Empire is in full force to the extent that even Moshe Rabbeinu and even when was angry at him still Moshe treated Paroi with respect, he gave him respect so it means we are on a time where Pharaoh is in full force Moshe has to respect him and they refuse Paroi and the Egyptians refuse with the full force, they say we're not sending Jews out so what does it mean? What level are we standing on? We're standing on in the strongest, powerful time of Golus. In a Golus where they are in charge and in a Golus where they refuse to send the Jews out. And in that time, there is a request, a demand from the Bechayim Mitzrayim, who are the Bechayim means they are the strength, the firstborn. They represent the force of Mitzrayim. They're demanding that they should send out the Yid. Not only did they demand, they demanded from Paro and from their fathers with such a forceful demand that they made war and they killed them. That's how much they were demanding. That is a great miracle that we don't find like it in any of the other miracles. Uh, in which the Jews were saved. The other miracles from the en- enemies, like by the miracle of Kriyas Yamsuf and Purim and Hulu, etc., that wasn't the Egyptians and the Hamons and the enemies of the Yidden. They didn't change their mind about the Yidden. The miracle took place that they drowned, the Egyptians drowned, and they were killed. Or the Jewish people ruled over them. But the miracle of the Maki Mitzrayim of Chareyim was in such a way that the Bechayim Mitzrayim themselves and while they're in the first force in Klippas Mitzrayim, they waged the war that the Yidden should be sent out. This is similar to what we say, is Habcha Chashoichel and you turn darkness to light, the clippers. You take Mitzrayim, you take Bechayim Mitzrayim, you take Turkey Mitzrayim, and they're demanding, send the Yidden out of Egypt. Give additional explanation. Why is this such a great miracle? What is the concept? What is the idea of a miracle? What does a miracle do? A miracle changes nature. So we understand when the change is not just that it changes the nature of the world, but if it changes a nature which the Torah says that that's the conduct, then it's a stronger nature, then it's a greater miracle. So in our case, the Nesam, what is the order, the natural way, when we approach the world naturally, 
should the uh, by the you know by the structure of the Torah the, that those sparks of Gimel Klippas Atmeis, the three lowest level of Klippas, they're totally impure. There's no way to sort them out. You can't change them around. You can't make them good. The only way to deal in the order of Torah with Gimel Klippas Atmeis is push them away. Like you can't eat non-kosher food and then go down with the power that you have from that food. Why? Because they're Gimel Klippas Atmeis. The only way to deal with that is to push it away, not to eat it. That's the way. Because Klippas Katmeis, the three Klippas can't sort them out. Not like Klippas Noiga, which has some language you can sort out. Over here you gotta push them away. So what does it mean? Now that you see that the Bechoyim Mitzrayim are requesting that they should send the Yidin and they make a war with the Egyptians because of this. Yeah, I mean, they had a reason. They, they were afraid for their, you know, for their lives. Yeah, okay, they were going to die. We understand that. But still, what are they demanding? They're demanding that they should let the Yidin go. That is a change in the nature of Kedusha, which will allow to change around that even the Klippas, even the Mitzrayim, even the Bechoyrim, and that's why this is a Nezot. So now we can say that the two things that took place on the 10th of Nisan, which is, what are the two things? The Nes, that killing the firstborn, the firstborn killing the Egyptians, and Miriam's passing, that there is a connection because in their, what they represent. In the holy letters of the Altar Rebbe, the Geras HaKodesh, when the Altar Rebbe explains there the saying of our sages, the sages explain why in the Parshas Chukas we find that mi, mi, Mrs. Miriam and the explain the Rabbi Sejichan the, the Rabbis explaining the Gemara why Loma Nisbucha Mrs. Miriam the Parshas Poraduma why does the Torah write the laws of Poraduma and then it writes about the passing of Miriam. To teach you, the Gemara says that just like as the Pora uh, atones, so also the passing of the Zadikim also atones. Now, Tarebbe asked the question over there, but why did we place it, why did you place it next to uh, the Pora? There's a lot of other Karbonas that are Mechaper. It's not really, Pora is not the ultimate Karbon, so if you want to say kapara, why don't you put it next to another carbon? But the Altarebbe explains that what is the pora duma? What we do is you burn the red heifer and then you take the ashes and you pour it some with water. You made a mixture, and then when a person who's not clean, you sprinkle him on the third and the seventh day. You have to sprinkle him from the water, and that's the way you become toy. So the Chiddush over here is, by Pora Duma, normally a Korban is a Chatos, a Shegek, uh, when you made an accident, a mistake. But here we're talking about the person is defiled with the impurity touching a dead body. That's called Avia Voice, the head of the head of the Tuma. There's different categories of Tuma. A dead body is the highest level of, the, 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 the most severest level of Tuma. 
which is lower than Noiga as the Alta Rebbe writes over there, which means it's like in the Shalosh Klippas, that even a person, what we're saying is the Misa Sadikim impacts the world to atone for all the sins, even on the intentionals, which are lower than Noiga, which means Misa Sadikim can reach and touch even into the lowest level, into Gimel Klippas and lower than Noiga. And that's why it's next to the Poro, because Misa Sadikim can do what the Poro can do, not like a regular Korban, which can only do a Shoigig, but this can go down all the way to, Klippas, to Gimel Klippas at Meis. And since we just explained that Maki Mitzrayim B'chareyem is that the force of Klippa of Mitzrayim was turned around, was transformed, that they would have forced demanding that the Yidin should be let out, to be sent out. So that means that they should be able to do what Hashem wants. So that is similar to the passing of Miriam, Misadikim, because that is also to turn darkness to light, to atone for the intentional sins which come from the Gimel Klippas Hatmeis. Says we can understand also the reason why we did not set up the mace of Maki Mitzrayim B'chareim Ayud Nisan, and the reason because Mrs. Miriam. And the Rebbe first brings a uh, an example. We know the halacha is that what happens if Rosh Hashanah comes out on Shabbos, then we don't blow the shofar. In the Beis Hamikdash, yeah, but in everywhere else, no. Why? Why don't we blow the shofar on Rosh Hashanah? Because Rabbi made a decree that a person might accidentally carry the shofar for Amos and Rabbim while trying to learn how to blow the shofar. Seems like a very difficult idea to comprehend. Why would our sages? take away such an important mitzvah of shofar just because you're afraid that somebody might carry it and you took away the blowing of the shofar. But who's going to carry? Sometimes people who are not scrupulous, people people who don't care. So how could you take away such a special mitzvah of blowing the shofar from great tzaddikim, great and good tzaddikim, you don't blow them the shofar. So what Hasidus explains in the inner meaning that when we don't blow you're not really pushing away the mitzvah of shofar. But rather we don't need so much the blowing of the shofar because when Shabbos comes Rosh Hashanah and Shabbos all the Things that come down through Tkia Shoifer, on Shabbos they come by themselves. You don't even need Tkia Shoifer. So it means when you push away the blowing of the Shoifer, you're not missing the Shoifer, but rather the things of the Shoifer happen by themselves. And the Rebbe doesn't say it over here, but it's really, the Rebbe says in other places, it's self understood that sometimes when it comes down by itself, right, it's even more than you can do it. If you blow the Shoifer, there's only that much. But if the Ebrister blows the shofar for you, if it happens by itself, so it's even greater. Rabbi says similar 
is in our case with regards to the miracle of Makim Mitzrayim and the Mrs. Miriam that on the day that Miriam passed away there is no need so much to remember the Ness because the uh, impact that the remembering that takes place through the customs of Shabbos HaGadol which is the Ness of of the Makim Mitzrayim is accomplished in a general way by remembering through the tightness of this which Mrs. Miriam because Mrs. Miriam basically accomplished that so when we're not celebrating on the 10th of Nisan it's not that we don't have it because we're getting those special uh, uh, blessings and hamshachas uh, those uh, uh, effects of that day we get it anyways, just be remembering and the fasting for Miriam, so we don't need that. And on Shabbos we get it. And the Rebbe explains this also in connection to the Parshat Sav to Shabbos Agodl. It says, what was the idea of the seven days of the inauguration when they prepared, uh, which the Parsha talks about in the Parshat Sav? So Lekot Torah, in Lekot Torah, the Rebbe explains, they're called the Zayin Yimei HaMiluyim, the seven days of feel it's a language of milui vishlemus. It fills in wholesomeness. The future, it's written that when it will be, the world will come to its wholesomeness, to its completion. It says, The light of the moon will be like the light of the sun. What does that mean? That the blemishes of the sun will be filled. Now the it's not full. And that happened in Yemei HaMiluyim when the Mishkov saw this brought an elevation of the Svirus of Malchus. What does it mean? So Rebbe explains now. Oyla Levonok Yerachama explained in Chassidus right now what is the light that we see from the moon? It receives from the sun. We see a reflection. The moon bounces off the light that it gets from the moon, and that's how we get it. But in the future, when Mashiach will come, over there it'll have an inherent light. Just like the sun shines by itself, the moon itself would shine. Which basically means, right now the Levon is a recipient. It receives from the sun. But eventually, it'll turn in and it'll give its own light. It won't be a recipient light, it'll give its own light. In a similar way, similar is in the Sphiris al in Sphiris HaMalchus. Um, so, Malchus now is the lowest of the Sphira. In essence, it doesn't have its own, it only receives from all the Sphiris, less Lomagarmokum, it seems from above it. But it's going to turn around and it's going to become a lighting and a revelation in a way that it's on itself going to start. Malchus is going to start lighting. It's darkness of not receiving is going to turn into light. And this is actually also as far as the name of the whole parsha. The word sav, rabbis say the word sav is actually is avodazora. It's turning around the avodazora because. Tzav also means uh, hasting you, uh, lacerty, struck them for now, generations, even though there is uh, 
a cost involved, a cost money, tzav, go ahead, do it. To do the Ratzin of Hashem. Also, it has the 96 tzav, is Begimatria Kale, which is 31, and, uh, and the word Adnai, Hashem's name, which is 65. Right? 65 and 31 is 96. That's Tzav. Which means you take Tzav, you turn it out to Chashecha L'Nehoira. You take David Zorah, as Shalos Kibzad Meir, you turn it to Chashecha L'Nehoira. And what do we talk about when we talk about the service of the person? That's the service of Tshuva. That you turn around the darkness of your misdeeds, of your sins, and you make them into light, you make them into oil. And this is also the common denominator between Tzav, Shabbos HaGodl, is Habchach Shechlin Hoira. This is Mesichah Shabbos HaGodl, Tovshin Chav Zayin, Tovshin Chav Tes, and Tovshin Lamed Aleph.